Welcome to Equippers Church Dunedin. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Will Levy. For more information, check out equipperschurch.com. Good morning to you all, especially if you're visiting this morning. It's great to have you here. If you're online and you're tuning in, it's great to have you with us as well. Um, it's exciting to be back in church. Uh, unfortunately, I think, uh, oh no, a week ago, uh, we had the privilege to minister in the Potidua campus. And um, it sounds really flash, but then I drove to the Wellington Airport and flowed, flew to Nelson and preached in the um, Nelson Church. Um, it's sort of like catching a bus, like from outside here to South Dunedin or Mosgiel. It was, a, it was such a short flight, but um, it was cool. We saw, um, we saw 42 people out and two salvations in the Nelson Church. And so that was awesome. Awesome to be able to serve up there and in Potidua Church. This is going from strength to strength as well and um, just amazing. And I was up there able to also get out to uh, Wainui. Who knows where Wainui is? Yeah, um, Pastor Byron and the church in Nauronga there are, are doing outreaches, and they've done, they did three, three Friday nights in a row of worship and praise, and across those three Friday nights, they um, saw over 30 salvations for Jesus, which is awesome, which is really, really cool. And um, I was like, well, if I'm in town, I'm going to be in church. Um, yeah? If you, I reckon if you're in town, you're, you go to church somewhere. I, I, love, I love meeting with people to encourage one another spur them on, and I just believe that God's moving, and so um, when you've got friends doing stuff, you want to put weight behind them, yeah, yeah? awesome, hey, um, in a couple of weeks, we've got our miracle offering coming up, cool, uh, awesome, like some people go, okay, mm-hmm. that's genuine, I understand, because when it comes to finances, we, we have a reality, we have our own personal reality of when it comes to finances. We have a, our own personal experiences when it comes to finances, uh, when, when it comes to trusting God, when it comes to giving to Him. We, we have an experience that will then paint a picture of, so whenever you talk about something, that comes up. Yeah? If I said to you this morning, cheeseburger, who, who knows what a cheeseburger like you can see the picture of the cheeseburger from McDonald's and you think, man, that looks good. Right? A little cheese and a little mustard coming out the side and a little bit of pickle and tomato. Anyone getting hungry? And you look at the picture and then you go to McDonald's and you order a cheeseburger. Right? And that cheeseburger comes out flatter than pancakes. It comes out squash, mustards all over the wrapper. Cheeses, they've cut it in half now to make sure it goes further. So only three corners come out, not four. Anyone notice that? And it's the small things in life. Anyway, um, and the experience is different from the picture sometimes. But I hopefully want to, you know, there's absolutely zero pressure when it comes to the miracle offering. In fact, in, in the entire church, across the life of the church, there's zero pressure when it comes to finances, when it comes to tithing. There's zero pressure. I know the biblical principle of tithing. I outwork it personally in our lives, Desiree and I do. And that was our choice, and we've stepped into that. There's zero pressure. I mean, if you want to step into a blessing of God, there's zero pressure. Right? It's just a good thing. Who knows that washing daily is a good thing? So those youth that shout, washing daily is a good thing. Zero pressure, but it's a good thing. When it comes to biblical principles in our lives, it's a good thing to have outwork them in our lives, right? Yes. Amen. So this morning, when we're just next weekend, 
next Sunday, we're going to have a celebration Sunday. We're going to share about all the things that the miracle offering has enabled the church and the vision of the life of the church. It's going to be an exciting Sunday. Many of you sitting in this room have, um, have been blessed because of the miracle offering. Uh, if, you're a, if you're a student or a youth or the next generation, well, there's been hundreds of thousands of dollars spent over the life of this church into the next generation. And so, because we, we believe in the next generation, there's been thousands of dollars to reach into our community because that's what we believe into. And so when it comes to miracle offering, not this weekend, but the next week, um, over, over these couple of weeks, I pray that you just pray. I pray that you just ask God, how do you want me to be part of this? And how you want to be part of it is, is, is awesome to us. And that's our prayer is that it's not about how much everyone gives us. I'm praying that we would, we would have an, an amazing partnership of people being part of the miracle offering. Is that cool? Awesome. Hey, um, I want to talk about, though, when it comes to offerings, when it comes to things like this, and I want to talk about, like, we can, we can talk about it, talk about it. Hey, the miracle offering is going to be awesome. Um, hold on a second, because heat. Is anyone warm in here? All right, well, one moment, please. Just um, wave to everyone at the uh, in the live stream for a second. At least turn around and wave to them. <laughs> All right, quick change. Thank you. Anyway, um, a little warm up here. But the why behind the what? Who, who knows it's important to know the why behind what we ever do? As a builder, I'm a trained car builder, and the why behind the what we do is really, really important. Why do we put steel in the foundations? Right? You don't have to answer the question, but as a, we put steel in the foundations to make them stronger. Why do we bolt wooden, wood, wood, I'm just trying to use normal language, wood down to the ground and, and build frames like we build frames? So they don't fall down. Right? Why do we do this? If you're a bit of a cook or a baker, why? Why do you use the ingredients that you use? Who likes, who like, I like, I'm, I'm a little bit of a fan of homemade pizzas, anyone? But there's, there, you know, if you're making a homemade pizza, there's a little bit of a process to make the dough or the, the pizza base. Anyone with me? Keeping going. So like you get your flour and you get your water and you get your yeast and you get your sugar. Well, why do you need sugar? Well, because you put that in the slightly tepid warm water with the yeast to activate the, 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 the thing. I don't know what the thing is. The, well, yeah, they activate the yeast, but then that does a thing. It does something. I don't know what, but, but I know why I, do, I don't know what happens, but I know why we need to do that because then it makes it nice and fluffy. Yeah. Right? You know, and, then, and then you leave it to proof. Right? It's important to just let that proof, let the yeast rot. I've used a lot of food analogies this morning, haven't I? But there's, there's a definitely, we've got to understand the why. Why would I want to give in an offering? Because it's a fair, it's a fair question. Why would I want to give into an offering? You know, before why why do I want to come to church? 
don't even have, don't have to answer these questions this morning, but why did you want to come to church this morning? Why, 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 why do you pray? Why, why do you forgive? Or why don't you forgive? Yeah, why, why do you give? Like we've heard the word, I had it written down here as well. Why do you surrender to God? Why? Why do you do it? Why? Why do you love? Why do you praise? Why do you worship? Why do you have hope? Why do you have faith? Why do you have love? And I pray, I pray there's like answers stirring in your spirit. I pray that there's something happening there, but sometimes maybe there isn't. But I, I pray this morning, I, my prayer is that I, I, we come to a place where we know a little bit more of the why I'm going to do something. What, it's not just a repetition thing on a Sunday to come to church because we give away free barista coffee. And we have great hospitality at the end, and it's, and it's warm here, eh, students? I pray there's a bigger why. I pray there's a, there's a, more, a, a deeper why in, in, our, in our spirit. And so we're going to go through a few scriptures. And um, surprise, surprise, you already know which ones they are. Um, I've, 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 been, I've, I've just been, oh, there's a few extra ones as well, a few new ones to try and keep it uh, exciting. But um, any scripture is exciting. But we know the story of Jesus and the woman at the Samaritan well. We're going to go there just a little bit this morning. We're going to, we know the story of a group of people. Yes, we're talking about that one again. Carrying a corner of a mat, carrying a paralyzed person on a mat to the feet of Jesus. We're going to use a little bit of that scripture as well. Don't worry, I'm not going to re-preach it. Um, we're going to use some other stories in the Bible that we know. And so hopefully it helps answer the why. Why would I want to be part of serving Jesus with my life? Why? And so the first scripture this morning, if we go to John chapter 4. And yes, it's the start of the, of, 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 let's just read. John chapter 4, verses 1 through 26, it says, Jesus knew the Pharisees had heard that he was baptizing and making more disciples than John. Though Jesus himself didn't baptize them, his disciples did. So he left Judea and returned to Galilee. This is the two scriptures here. He had to go through Samaria on the way. Eventually he came to the Samaritan village of that place, near the field that Jacob gave to his son, Joseph. And it goes on and it tells us the story of how he came and he met. He met the Samaritan woman. He's, he, he talked to her at the well. We know the circumstances. We know the situation. It was midday. She was, she was shamed. She, she had a number of husbands, and she wasn't married to the last one that she had just had. And it was like she wasn't supposed to be there at the time. She was supposed to come out and get water in the cool of the day, in the early morning or in the late evening. And we know this context because we've, we've talked about it enough in church. But the, 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 the Scripture is a very... It could be a nothing scripture. You can, there's, there's just like a joining sentence. But I want to bring up verse, the, the first point this morning is it says this. Eventually he came to Samaria. That's point number one. Point number one is eventually he came to Samaria. Or, or let's say it like this and you may have heard it before. 
eventually he came to some area. I didn't make that one up. I've heard it before. He came to some area. I want to remind you. It says here that the like he had to leave and he had to go and he had to go to another place. But Jesus knew where he was going, where he was going to travel. And he came to Samaria. He came to Samaria because he knew he was going to encounter and have a connection with a woman at the well. He knew that he was going to be able to speak into her life. He knew that there was going to be a time and moment where he could just love her. All her shame, all, all, the, all the discretions, he was able to love her. But point number one is eventually he came to Samaria. Here's the thing. My Samaria was the Kapiti Coast. Where was your area? Where was your area where Jesus came to? Where did you get saved by Jesus? Where was the location? Because Jesus knew you were going to be there. I'm excited this morning. I get excited about my salvation. I get excited about my salvation because I'm the first Christian in my family. And I get to start a legacy and I get to see family reaching out and knowing Jesus. But Jesus came to some area. He came to my area. Did he, when did he, where, what area did he come to you? Were you saved in New Zealand? Were you saved in another country, another city, another town? Were you saved on a beachfront? Where, where, what area? See, the reason why I want to be part of the miracle offering, I want to be part of laying my life down, is because Jesus came to my area. What area has he come to you? He came to us. Someplace, somehow, he found us. Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. We're all lost. When the Bible, when, when we give our heart to Jesus, we die to ourselves. Alice shared great and out of Matthew this morning about how we die to ourselves. We pick up our cross daily and we follow Jesus. I want to encourage you, you know, why, why would you want to be part of the miracle offering? Is, well, why wouldn't you want to be? Why wouldn't you want to partner? With and the next week's going to be a great celebration, and we're going to hear more about all the testimonies of the things that Jesus did through the generosity of the people. But the first and foremost, eventually, he came to an area. If you're in this place this morning, or if you're even listening online, he's coming to your area. You might be listening to this two years down the track. I don't know how YouTube works. You might be listening to it today. You might not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Well, guess what? He's come to your area right now. He knows all your shame. He knows all your guilt. He knows everything about you, but he knows how much he loves you. Just like the woman at the well, he came to her area. He found her. She thought she was being sneaky coming out in the middle of the day. No, he knew. He's coming to your area this morning. Are we all right? We're good. I always love thanking God for the place that Jesus healed me, gave, that I found God. You know, I think about the place that I found God, and there was a, there was a little camp called El Rancho. Actually, it was probably one of the first, one, one of the biggest camps in New Zealand. You know, just a show of hands, who, who's been to El Rancho? I know we're in the south. Not bad, not bad, pretty good. 
You know, many years ago, a group of people decided we want to purchase a bit of property. Well, a group of people wanted to start a miracle. (laughs) And they bought this property. Their last name was Crichton. And they bought this property and they started making buildings, cabins, just making a place. You know, I, I, I have no idea how many, probably hundreds of thousands of people have been saved through that camp. Because a group of people gave. A group of people partnered with a miracle. I want to encourage you, eventually Jesus is going to come to your area. We've got an area here in Dunedin that God's blessed us with. We're stewarding it. And with everything that we've got as a church, we're going to do our best to see Dunedin City saved for Jesus. We believe in this area. Amen. Yeah, come on, give God some praise. Uh, Number two, we're going to go over Luke chapter five. It says here, verse 17, it says, One day while Jesus was teaching, some Pharisees and teachers of religious law were sitting nearby. And it seemed that these men showed up from every village in in Galilee and Judea, as well as from Jerusalem. And the Lord's healing power was strongly with Jesus. And it goes on to tell the story about a group of people carrying a man on a mat. I, I want to, I number two this morning, it says this, and the Lord's healing power was strong with Jesus. Yeah. You're like, okay, that's an interesting point. Tell me something new. Um, I, I pray it gets new every day. Uh, uh, like, let's never ever get familiar yeah. about the sound and the noise of our Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah, I, I pray that we'd always be excited about the healing power of God over our life. Through the salvation, through the declaration of His death and resurrection on the cross, we are now saved into eternal life with Jesus Christ. We get to live in and with the Holy Spirit now and today, but as we pass on into eternity, we're saved by grace. The the second thing is, why would I want to give? Is because the the noise of Jesus needs to be noised into our community. It needs to be sounded into the community. Last night, you know, Red Frogs is out yeah. making a noise. Greater than the noise on Castle Street. Maybe not quite. It was pretty loud. But there's, there's a noise that Jesus has healing power. There's a noise of our salvation. I pray that for anything, man, I'm going to be part of creating the sound. I'm going to be part of, 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 of noising that Jesus is in the house. The message of Jesus, the good news, the salvation, His righteousness has to be noised. It has to be noised. Otherwise, what are we doing? Are we just waiting to die? and Get to the fun park of heaven? No, there's, there's, a, there's a commission. There's a, there's a great commission that Jesus is, 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 is noised that He's in the house. I pray this morning, you know the love of God. If you don't know the love of God, I know that the Spirit of God is going to move in your life because He loves you. Number two, and it says, And the Lord's healing power was strongly with Jesus. That's why I want to give. It's because I know that Jesus is worth amplifying. Not that He needs our help, but 
He needs our surrender. Another great message from Alice this morning. Surrender daily to the love of God. Just keep moving. Um, keeps on going down. And, and you know this, the answer says they, they went up onto the roof, off, off, took off some of the tiles, and they lowered the sick man on the mat down into the crowd and right in front of Jesus. Verse 20, seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man, young man, your sins are forgiven. Number three this morning has seen their faith. Jesus said, young man, your sins are forgiven. Why I wanna be part of the miracle offering is because it, I'm, I'm then becoming part of the there. <laughs> I'm, I'm being part of the there. Jesus says here, seeing their faith, seeing a group of people coming together for a cause, I'm gonna be part of that. I don't wanna miss out on that. I wanna be part of, of what Jesus, like a group of people. And I know we've talked about this so much and, and it's what the offering is called. It's, it's called carry a corner. And it's like, let's, let's part, be partners of carrying a corner around reaching this great city for Dunedin. You know, I, I, we go on, we, we reach people in Dunedin, but we're reaching people in New Zealand. We're reaching people in India as well, overseas, other missions trips. We're, we're noising that Jesus is in the house, but I want to be part of the group. Anyone ever had FOMO? Yeah. Don't you hate FOMO? Fear of missing out? Like, let's be part of it. Maybe, maybe you want to be, maybe you don't want to be, but I want to, I want to, I want to be, it says here, seeing their faith. Jesus loves seeing faith. Jesus responds to seeing faith. Next, in a couple of weeks, it's going to take faith to give. No, sure, the financial climate, you can say whatever you want to say about it, but I'm, I'm always going to give by faith. I'm going to give out a wisdom but I'm also going to give out a faith. I want to say, seeing their faith, let's be a great big there in a couple of weeks. Is that all right? All right. Everyone's like, these are really random scriptures this morning. I, want to, I just want to stop for a second and shoot into Psalm 37. Grab, grab, and then this is in the New International Version. It says this, I was young and now I am old. I'm not quoting this myself. <laughs> Yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging bread. They are always generous and they lend freely. Their children will be a blessing. There's, 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 a, there's a, a large number of scriptures that always link righteousness and generosity together. And... And uh, I'm just bringing a little bit of Shane Wellard teaching in here because I love this so much. But when it comes to the Hebrew concept of righteousness, when, when it comes to this, is when, when Jesus died on the cross and he rose again, and by faith we understand and we agree that we've sinned, fallen short of the glory of the Lord, and, and by faith we ask him for forgiveness and we receive that forgiveness, that then makes us righteous. We're, the, another big word for it is we've been justified, just if I had never sinned. We are now righteous in the sight of the Lord. That Hebrew word there is, is sadak. all right? The next thing it goes on to, though, and it says, so that we are now righteous. We've been labeled righteous. Isn't that a good thing? We're labeled righteous. 
but our function of our righteous, so that word righteous is seduk, and, our, and, and then the function, the Hebrew function of righteousness is the word sedakha, and that word is generosity in the English version, in the English translation. So we are righteous by label because of what Jesus has done, but our function out of our righteousness is generosity. Uh, do we get that this morning? So you, you, we might label something a lawnmower, but it's only labeled a lawnmower until it cuts the lawn. So we're labeled um, righteous, but unless we're outworking generosity out of our lives, we just labeled something. Our function as a believer, born-again Christian, is to live a life of generosity. It proves, there's a proof that Jesus died and rose again for our sin. Is that okay? Ooh, sorry about that. So number four then. Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19. There's a great Sunday school story in here. And it says, Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region, and he became very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree beside the road for Jesus was going to pass that way. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and he called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy, but the people were displeased. He has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner. They grumbled. Verse eight, meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and he said, I will give half of my wealth to the poor. Lord, and if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Jesus responded, Salvation has come to this home today, for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. Point number four this morning is, Salvation has come to this home today, for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. You know, the returning four times as much, if I've cheated someone as much, it's got nothing to do with the numbers. Had nothing to do with the numbers. What it had to do with was, was, the, was, the, was the transformation of a tax collector that used to steal and cheat and lie and, and salvation came to his house. And his response was, Lord, hang on, I, I, need to, I need to give back to you. There was, there was, and Jesus says here, for this man has shown himself. Zacchaeus didn't do anything apart from bring Jesus back to his house to have dinner. But out of his attitude of, of, of saying, I need to change my attitude. Jesus recognized and he said, no, Zacchaeus, you've shown. I, I want to encourage you. Generosity is a great way to show of what God has done in our lives. Please, I'm talking across the board. I'm not pinpointing an offering right now. I'm pointing, live your life generous. Live your life giving to God, giving everything you have to God, reaching people. 
reaching people, blessing people, loving people. Live your life generous because that's the function of our salvation. Number five, and worship team, you guys can come and join me if that's okay. I'll share another passage of scripture out of, out of Luke. Luke's good because he's got all the detail. He's a doctor. Yeah. In, um, in Luke chapter 10, the, uh, yeah, we've got time, we'll read it. It says this on verse 25, it says, One day an expert in religious law stood up to test Jesus. Who knows, he's already on the back foot. By asking him this question, Teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus replies, what, what does the law of Moses say? How do you read it? The man answered, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength. And with all your mind, and you love your neighbor as yourself. Right, Jesus told him. Do this, and you will live. The man wanted to justify his actions, so he asked Jesus, Well, who is my neighbor? And we get to this amazing parable that Jesus then shares, he says, Jesus replied with the story, a Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, left him half dead beside the road. By chance, a priest came along, but when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. Temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there, but he also passed by on the other side. Then a despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him in, took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, take care of this man, and if his bill runs higher than this, I'll, I'll pay it to you the next time I'm here. Verse 36 says, Now which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who, attacked, who was attacked by bandits? And Jesus asked. Verse 37 says, The man replied, The one who showed him mercy. Then Jesus said, yes, now go and do the same. Point number five this morning is the man replied, the one who showed him mercy. Then Jesus said, yes, now go and do the same. We, we've, we've, next week, you're going you're gonna to be blown away by what God has done through the generosity of people giving towards the miracle offering. But I know, I know it's been done with this heart, with this spirit, that we just didn't walk on the other side of the road. 
that even as temple assistants, whatever you want to, I'm not going to get into the whole who's who in this parable. But there was this heart of someone who had compassion on someone. And they chose. I would be 100% sure they probably never, ever had met before. In fact, it's a parable, so they wouldn't have. But the point is that someone had compassion. The point is that someone used the very, um, their, their, their own finances, their own time, their own talent, and they chose to go and be a neighbor to this person. Like, I can, I can be quite cool and relative to like some students. I could walk down Castle Street and I reckon I could connect. But I don't reckon I can do it as good as some of the young adults. And so I know that as I'm giving into that ministry, someone else is going to be able to do it way better than me. And in fact, here's the thing is, I know I'm not cool. And I know that I have probably, maybe I could get away with two minutes in kids' church. But I'm not talented. I like, I think that will run away. I'd be telling them scary stories or something. I don't know. Run out of Noah's Ark or whatever. But I know that our kids' church leaders are way better at it. But I know that I can partner with and, and, and I can give. Here's the thing is, I actually am pretty good at going to India and connecting with a whole lot of friends on the other halfway around the world, preaching in a 100% Hindu village, seeing God move. I'm pretty good at that. I'm not boasting in myself, but God's done something in, in me, and it's been a long journey. When I got first got asked to go to India and lead the team there, I was like, not really. But man, as I started to put my treasure towards it, my heart began there. Now I love going to India every single year, seeing great friends, seeing what God's doing, planting churches, more churches, seeing people saved. Like we're pretty good at that as a church. But you might not be able to get there, but because of your giving and the miracle offering, seeing their faith, someone's getting healed. I want to encourage you. The man replied, the one who showed him mercy. Then Jesus says, now go and do the same. The why behind the what? Next week, not next week, the weekend after. We're going to give out little booklets. There's going to be offering forms. There's going to be a pledge form. And there's going to be a cash form, cash offering form. And that's because if you want to give cash on the day, but you feel like God's stirring you to give more and you want to, 
contribute throughout the year, you can do that by filling in a pledge form as well. Why? Because some people get, you know, some people go, you know what, I'd like to give this much, but don't have it all on the day. That's fine. Many, many, many people fill out a pledge form and then continue paying it through the rest of the year. Why? That's just the, a way to be able to serve one another and to serve what God's placed on your heart. What I pray this morning is the why behind the why. We have a great opportunity to sow into our community. We don't often talk about finances, and this is the one time a year where we take up a miracle offering. And I'm unashamedly asking you to be part, partner with us. Why? Because together, seeing their faith, Jesus says, go, your, your sins have been forgiven. And I want to encourage you. Why don't we stand up? We're going to finish this morning. Stretch your legs. I love, I love the fact that when I was just being musing around this message, because I don't want it to be hype, stir some people up. You know, sometimes Pentecostal churches get a, a bad rap for, you know, stirring up offerings and they're just all about money and blah, blah, blah. Well, I want to tell you we're not, but we are about purpose. And we are about faith in God. And we are about believing that Jesus gets all the glory. But I'm unashamedly saying, hey, would you partner? And so I, this morning, I just loved going through this message going, man, why would I want to give? And it doesn't take me long to get past point number one. And the Bible says those who have been forgiven much. Man, I've been forgiven much. I'll not always be able to outwork it from a financial point. I serve, I give my time, talent, treasure. But I just want to partner with Jesus. I want to give Him everything that I have in my life. He came to some area. He came to a little area on the Kapiti Coast. And I remember him moving in my heart forgiving my sin when I was 14 years of age I loved God ever since messed up sort of fell away did my own thing still loved God and when I was 17 I recommended my heart and I've been following them pretty closely ever since there's still ebbs and flows of life and still times where you get messed up still times where you get angry annoyed frustrated still human but I know that Jesus is walking with me because he came to an area and now that area is that he lives in my heart because I've acknowledged him as my Lord and him as my saviour every day I would try to again serve God as best as I can but where are you at this morning have you given your heart to Jesus have you acknowledged Him as your Lord and as your Savior, whether you're online or in this room? Just like when He went to the Samaritan woman at the well, He knew everything about her. 
but he chose to go to that area because he needed to reach her. You know, the fantastic thing at the end of that passage of Scripture is that she went leaping and joyfully back into the, into the city of, and then she told everyone about Jesus and a whole lot of other people came out and gave their hearts to follow the Messiah. This morning, I want to ask you that question. Have you given your heart to Jesus? Have you acknowledged Him as your Lord and Savior? Have you acknowledged that you've got sin in your life and that the free gift of God is eternal life through faith in Jesus Christ? When Jesus died on the cross, it was His blood that paid the penalty of our sin. My sin, your sin. Past, present, and future. Thank you for listening to this message recorded live at Equipus Church Dunedin. We pray that it blessed you. For more information, please check out equipuschurch.com.